I, I believe today we have a speaker who will uh, share with us, and uh, we will all be encouraged because her life is an encouragement. Uh, she's the mother of five beautiful children, the wife of a very handsome, prosperous young man who loves God with all his heart, number one, number one, number one. And uh, there are our youth pastors now. They've, they've just recently stepped back into that position. And uh, she, is, she is, to me, um, what I, I believe God wants all young women to be, and that is um, such a support for her husband. Uh, Kelly runs a, a business herself of taking care of a lot of apartment uh, buildings that they have that she does plus her home uh she, she that proverbs 31 woman that says she's industrious in her work she does this she does this uh i, I just admire kelly for all that she does as a, a young woman with especially twins as her last of her five and believe me they are all boy and they go after it a hundred percent all the time so uh i'd like you to welcome her today give her a hand and we're going to receive amen what god has for us welcome kelly peter hallelujah right amen well since she mentioned the twins i guess I wasn't going to tell this story because I'm like, I don't know if this is really appropriate, but we're all women, so I'm going to go ahead and share it. <laughs> so anyway, because I couldn't share this with anybody else, you know, so we were in the restroom the other day, Sam and Joe were with me, and I was actually using the restroom, and they were out, and I could hear them, like, playing with something on the wall, like, I could hear a spinning noise and, like, banging on their, I'm like, oh, great, and they're like, can we have a quarter? And I said, well, no, <laughs> you know, and they said, but this thing, you can put quarters in it. And I said, no, you don't need a quarter. And they said, well, what's in here? And you know, like you could hear people laughing and I was just like, so I just said as quietly as I could, I said, it's feminine, you know, like that. And they said, M&Ms. And <laughs> this was Joe saying it. And Joe said, there's M&Ms in there. Why can't we have a quarter? And I'm just like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> so anyways, yes, that would be Sam and Joe. So anywhere I go, they're always entertaining and uh, they are a lot of fun. So I am very thankful to be able to share today. I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for Pastor Pam um, for giving me the opportunity. But I am just thankful for Pastor Pam because she's awesome. And <laughs> and I can remember um, when we very first came to this church, um, it's been a while now, so because I'm not in the young marrieds anymore, <laughs> but I was probably um, 20 or 21 because we had just gotten married, and I can remember like sitting at the very back of the church, holding up the back wall there, you know, and... Um, trying not to make eye contact with anybody in the front. I'm sure none of you guys have ever done that, but that's where I was, trying not to make eye contact, and sure enough, it happened. Pastor Pam caught my eye, and I thought I was safe because I was at the back, and she came all the way to the back, and she, I can, she laid hands like right here on me, and then she put her hands on the top of my head, and she prayed, and I knew it was God because it's like when she touched me, I felt like there was electricity that had gone through my body. And, and at that time, it's like my eyes were opened and I knew that there was something so much more. And, and I knew because it was the power that came out of her when she touched me. And I had been in church, 
And, but I had never, ever, like, known anything like that. And so that just opened my eyes that, wow, God has something so much more. Um, and then um, probably, let's see, and we've had several of those, but probably I'm just giving you a couple. <laughs> but um, f- um, when Sam and Joe were born, um, that would be their four, so four years ago, um, we were in the delivery room. My mom was in there. Dan was in there. Everything was going great. Um, Sam came out. He looked good. And um, a couple minutes later, like, they, the, the atmosphere in the room just totally changed. And they, they told my mom, they're like, you're going to have to go out of the room. And they told Dan that he had to leave. And so I knew something was going on because they didn't even have, like, Sam's ID bracelets on. And they told him to take him down to the nursery without having those ID bracelets on. And so I knew something was going on. So they both left, and, like, the intensity in the room was like it was just really high another doctor came in more nurses came in and they started prepping me for a c-section I didn't really know what was going on I just know that they thought that Joe had needed to come out then maybe something to do with the heart rate and it was just time to get him out and so um all the doctors came in they started prepping me for the c-section and 20 minutes after Sam was born then like I just felt a little turn in my stomach and Joe came out with nah, that's kind of gross that sounds good he naturally without the c-section perfectly healthy everything was great what I didn't know was that um when Dan had gone out um in the hallway to take Sam to the nursery that he ran into Pastor Pam and she said I just felt like I was supposed to come and pray so I'm praying and I don't know why I'm so emotional today but I get emotional when I think about that because of her obedience. You know, she was obedient to go and pray and do what she was supposed to do. And I know that there's power in prayer and that prayer works. And I totally believe that prayer changed things that day. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I just know that Joe needed to come out and she felt like she was supposed to come and pray and she prayed. Now that's just two of what I call my Pastor Pam encounters. And I know that you guys have all had your, (laughs) your encounter, you know, um, but it's, it's just so awesome because it's like, you know, that she hears from God and you know that she is like powerful and she's effective and it's the power of God inside of her, you know? And, um, I think for the longest time I thought, gosh, if I could just take pastor Pam with me, wherever I go, <laughs> then I would be okay. Has anybody had that thought? If we could just have her with us, you know, but, um, in a loving way, and I, and I, that truly was my thought for a long time, but in a loving way, you know, but also in a corrective way, God showed me that the same Holy Spirit that's in Pastor Pan, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Holy Spirit is in me. He, it's in us. And so what I need, <laughs> what I needed was obedience, you know, the obedience to go. If God tells me to go, then I need to go. If he tells me to not go, I need to not go. If he tells me to speak, I need to speak. If he tells me to not speak, I need to be quiet. If he tells me to go and lay hands on someone, you know, at the mall, in wherever I'm at, I need to go do that. If he tells me to, to pray for someone, I need to pray. I just need to be obedient to, because he's already giving me, given me everything that I need. He's given me authority. He's given me power. He's given me the Holy Spirit who leads us into all things. So I can't take Pastor Pam with me everywhere that I go, but I have the Holy Spirit, and he goes with me wherever I go. And so um, there's a scripture. 
I, I am a terrible, like, preparing for these things. Like, I start to write out my whole scripture, and then I get a thought, and I, like, write it down. So here's my, and on a piece of paper that my water dripped on. So I get a thought, and I write it down. That's, <laughs> but in, in John, John chapter 14, and I, 23, no, actually, sorry, John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. And, you know, you know how God just kind of opens up your eyes sometimes when you're reading. It's like he who believes in me, not only Pastor Pam or only certain people. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And so I started thinking, you know, Okay, the works that Jesus did, the examples in the Bible, what did Jesus do? He went around and he laid hands on the sick. He opened blind eyes. He spoke life into dead things. He had compassion on people. That's the works that he did. And so it says, I'm supposed to be doing those works. And so what I have to do is because, you know, and and as I, I don't know, I just was thinking about it and it's like, I, I don't. Like, I see Pastor Pam, but it can't only be Pastor Pam. The reason that she's pouring her heart out to us on Sundays and through the week is because she wants us to get it, that we have that power, that that we're supposed to be fulfilling the ministry of Jesus. We're supposed to be doing these things. And so in order to do that, we have to begin to see ourselves. (laughs) Again, I don't know why I'm so emotional, but we have to begin seeing ourselves laying hands on sick people and seeing them recover. And we have to begin... Seeing ourselves speak life into dead things. We have to begin seeing ourselves speak restoration into marriages. We have to begin seeing ourselves actually do these things. Because if we don't see our th- ourselves doing them, then it's only going to be in the Bible that this happened. And we're supposed to be doing this now. That The power and authority that he's given us is for now. And so he has given us everything that we need. And then the other scripture... Um, is Luke ten nineteen and Luke ten nineteen says, "Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you." And you know, it's like, like I said, just I just felt like God was just like opening things up to me, um, because when when He said we have authority over all the power of the enemy, there is nothing that the devil can do to us. We have authority. We just have to start taking that authority. And we have to actually start seeing ourselves standing over, you know, the enemy, standing above our situation, standing above our circumstances, and and seeing ourselves as overcomers in every situation. Because right here, I give you authority over all the power over the enemy. So whatever you might be going through, you have power in that situation. You have authority in that situation. You got to get in the word and find, you know, the scriptures that, that give you that power that you can speak over that. But we have authority. We have power. Um, and so I think the biggest thing is that we have to begin seeing ourselves in that position, seeing ourselves as strong women of God, seeing ourselves as mighty, seeing ourselves authoritative, seeing, seeing ourselves, you know, our hands are powerful, just like Pastor Pam. You know, she... I felt the power of God when she touched me and something inside me. I was like, oh, you know, she she wouldn't even have had to have said anything. Although the things that she spoke to me also like were totally I knew they were God. But all she had to do was touch me and I felt it. And I and I 
I just know that that's what God wants all of us to be doing. He wants that power, you know, coming out of us because the whole purpose is because he wants people to be saved. He wants people to be set free. He's already paid the price for that. And, you know, just as I love my children so much, you know, I would do anything for them. That's how Jesus is for each and every one of us. And so I, a long time ago, I prayed that God would just open my eyes and help me to see people like I've never seen. <laughs> my makeup's gone. Be that, I would, that I would see people, you know, that I, that I would really see people like he sees them. Because sometimes I'm just so busy and I, you know, they're just busy with my own stuff. You know what I mean? And I, and I forget that there's a whole world of hurting people that are lost and going to hell, and they're all around me, you know what I mean? But i got to open my eyes, and I have to be obedient to really see them. And I have the answer. You know, I have what they're looking for. I have Jesus. I have the power of God inside of me. So, anyways, I don't know where I'm going with this, but we have to see ourselves. Um, And then I was reading um, about Elijah, and this got me so excited because it says Elijah you know, was a man with a nature like ours. He has, you know, crazy thoughts, maybe, I don't know. He had a nature. He had desires and passions like we have. But he prayed, and he got results, right? He called forth fire from heaven. And so that's, that's what I want. I want that. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be a some story in the Bible, and I don't want it to be, I'm so thankful for Pastor Pam, but I don't want it to be just for her. I want that. It's like, I really want to be used by God. And I know that that comes with obedience. And, and the next thing that um, God really showed me is that, and, the, and this is, you know, this is not new to me, you know, but it's probably not going to be new to you, but the power of our words. Because God hastens to perform his words. And no matter what we go through, no matter what we might be facing, the words that come out of our mouth have to be the word of God. And I know, like, sometimes, you know, I feel, I feel like maybe in certain situations I've spoken it and I've spoken it and I've spoken it, but I haven't, you know, maybe seen the result, like, right when I thought I needed to see the result. But that's not the time for me to quit. That's, for me, that's the time for me to press in and know that God is God and to continue speaking the word of God because the word changes things, right? Situations change. Circumstances change. The word of God never changes. So we need to speak the word of God over our situations and circumstances, no matter what, because the word is powerful and our words are powerful. So, you know, I, um, I found myself, um, I don't know why, but I, my big response for a lot of things, well, I just don't know. Well, I just don't know. I don't know. That is a horrible confession. I do know. I have the mind of Christ. There's a, there's a scripture that says you have an anointing from the Holy one and you know all things. We have the mind of Christ. So, it's really, you just have to, I mean, as I, as I started catching myself on all the things that didn't seem like a big deal, but if I really look at what the words I'm saying, they are powerful. And so I just want everything that I say to be pleasing to God. And I want um, everything that I say to line up with his word so he can come and show himself strong on my behalf. And um, I wrote down a couple of examples um, just about the power of life and death and how it's so important that we always speak life, speak life over our families, speak life over our children, speak life over our marriages. Even if things are good, continue to speak life, continue to speak the word of God because it can, it can just get better. You know, it can be stronger. Um, but 
let's see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If we go back to um, Daniel. Daniel 3. Because sometimes I think, you know, people say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what that person did to me. You don't, you've never experienced this. You don't know what's going on. You've never, you know, you've never been in this position. And so, okay, maybe I personally have not been in that position, but I do know what the word of God says. And I do know that there are time after time after time in the Bible and in my own life that when I speak the word and I, sp- and I speak the power of God, then things happen. And so what if these people in the Bible would have said, what if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have said, you don't know the pressure that's on me, right? You know, that's on us. You know, they, well, the king wants us to, to bow down and, and you don't understand the pressure that we have right now. You know, what, what would have happened? But what they said, they said, okay, this is uh, Sh- or Daniel three fifteen, seventeen. They said, now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound, this is the king speaking, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and uh, all kinds of music, I want you to fall down. (laughs) Yeah, I want you to fall fall down and worship. You shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? You know, they're questioning who God was. They're telling him they had to bow down. There's pressure, you know. So what'd they say? They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Those were the words that came out of their mouth. Those were words of life. Those were words that, are, that, that, that brought forth good things, Right. And then we go, another example, we have David and Goliath. So if we go to Samuel, I'll try to read this one a little better. <laughs> First Samuel 17. Okay. And now, and now this is, okay, another situation. But you don't know how big this problem is. I mean, you don't know. Like, Goliath was huge, right? So I'm just putting it. You don't understand. It's so big. I mean, like, everybody's afraid. You know, everybody's afraid right now of of this, you know, this giant, you know. Um, He said, am I a dog that you come to me? This is Goliath. That you come to me with a stick? I mean, who is little David, you know? And sometimes we might think, who are we, you know? But, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Okay, I think he had an enemy. He had someone that did not like him and was ready to take him out. He had a big problem, right? So then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with the sword, with the spear, and with the javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. So I just think that's so awesome because they had the opportunity, you know, they had the opportunity to speak fear and, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? But, but they spoke powerful words. Um, and then we go to Paul and Silas when they were in prison. 
if we flip over to Acts. Acts 16. They had thrown Paul and Silas in jail. So it looked pretty it looked pretty bleak for them, right? They're in prison and really they didn't do anything. I mean, but they were in prison. I'd say that's a pretty bad situation. I'd say they were facing some, you know, some some tough times. But what did they do? This this encouraged me. Um and 25 it says, but at midnight Paul and Silas began to whine and complain and say, God, where are you? I mean, don't you know that we're imprisoned? Why have you left us? And I mean, what are we going to do? No. They said at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and every chain was loosed. That's power, right? That's inside of us, that power. So that's why it's so important that we speak words that line up with the word of God. And then the last example, um, Peter and John, and that's in Acts 4, 29. Now, they were told that they could not speak the name of Jesus. I mean, they were going around and, and speaking and doing all that. And then all of a sudden they said, you cannot speak in that name anymore. You are forbidden to speak in that name. You know, I'd say that's a, that's a little bit of a challenge. That's what they were doing, you know, but they didn't say, oh, well, okay, since, you know, if you say that, then I guess, I mean, I guess we'll just stop doing what we're doing. I mean, and, you know, and complain that they were being persecuted. No. What did they do? Acts 4, 29. They said, now the Lord look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders will be, would be, or may be done through the name of your holy servant. So what did they do? Instead of like giving up and quitting and getting, you know, and getting in line with, okay, yeah, we are, I guess we better just stop doing it. They pressed in and they said, give us more boldness to speak what you would have us to speak and to lay hands on who you would have us to lay hands on. And so my, my whole point of that is just that your words are so powerful. Our words are so powerful. We, and we really have to really watch what comes out of our mouth, even if it seems like it's, oh, it's no big deal. But it says the power of life and death is in our tongue. So when we put it out there, it's out there. So we better make sure that what we put out there is what we really want to happen and what we really want to see. Um, and then the second thing that we that um, God was just showing me um, is that we have to really, really, really be seeking him. And I mean, I'm saying really, 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 because I think I had gotten to a point where my day was so routine. You know, I get up in the morning and I exercise. And then I, you know, uh, about 15 minutes later after I'm like, have wiped myself out from exercising then I get in the word read the word for an hour and when I'm done with the word then I go and do this and then like it's it's like it's kind of like I was putting in the time you know what I mean like okay this is my time but it, I wasn't really like I was <laughs> I wasn't really going after God and seeking him I was just putting in the time because I know that's what I'm supposed to do but um the Bible says that um you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart and so God just gave me an example of this. Um, 
Because if I told you right now that there was a billion dollars, billion, not the M, the B, the billion dollars in your backyard, and that you could have it, all you had to do was, find, hello? No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to look at you. It's not her. <laughs> yes. No, you're fine. But if I told you there was a billion dollars buried in your backyard that you could have, all you had to do was find it, and you didn't even have to pay taxes on it. It was all yours. You could keep it all. I guarantee that you would be out in, in your backyards, and you would be searching for that billion dollars. And I bet you wouldn't say, okay, well, I've had my hour of searching, and I'm done for the day. A billion dollars, right? And I, and I guarantee you wouldn't be saying, oh, well, I'll search for it after I watch this TV show or after I'm done exercising. I guarantee you would be, like, searching and searching and searching in your backyard for that. And, I, and that's how God wants us to go after him. Like, he wants us to go after him with everything that we have. Um, it, it's, it's, I, I don't know why I have all these weird examples, but that was my example. But <laughs> he doesn't, God doesn't want like our relationship with him to be like a roller coaster, right? Up and we're down, and we're up and we're down. And so the only way that it cannot be like the roller coaster, well, it, it can be like the only going up roller coaster, but we never have to come down because is if we stay in the word and we and we're seeking him, and we're continually filling ourselves up with the word. And so we can't ever, like, you know, Sundays can't be our only time to get the word, and Wednesdays can't be our only time to get the word. And it can't be, I mean, it's awesome if we have, you know, we do have our quiet times, but it can't be just something that we're, you know, on our to-do list. Okay, i got to go to the grocery store. i got to read the word. i got to do this. It's got to be, God, I want you, crying out to him. I need you. I can't make it through the day if I don't have you. You know, I don't. Every day, you know, I, I drink a big old glass of water in the morning, you know, and if I didn't drink water, I, but, you know, my mouth's all dry. It's like that with God. We have to, ah, I want you so much. I cannot function without you. I have to know what you're saying for the day. I have to know what you're telling me. I really want you. And, and so God was just showing me how important it is to really, really, really search for him. And when we really search for him, we'll find him because I think, I mean, honestly, for me, I think for me, it's like, it's not that things were okay. You know what I mean? It's like things weren't bad, but there's so much more, you know, there's just something so much more. And it's like, it's right in front of me, but unless I take it, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to have it, even though it's right in front of me. And uh, there are promises in the word. So when we get in the word and, and we seek him, there are promises in the word that, that will take care of everything that we go through throughout the day. That's why we have to be in the word every day because he'll give us the, the Holy Spirit will bring those things to remembrance. And we're like, oh, yeah. So no matter what we face, we've already got the answer. The Holy Spirit has already, like, you know, prepared us. And so it's just really important to, to seek him. And, not, and this is just me. I mean, just really seek him. Um, and I have, have also found that, um, as I have this desire to seek him, I am telling you, the devil does everything he can to like spin my day around and like take, you know, like, oh, I was going to do it in the morning, but so-and-so called, oh, I had a, an, a leak in an apartment. Oh, you know, it's, it's like he always comes like and tries to stop me from doing that. And I know that the reason that he's trying to stop me is because there's power in that time. And so 
um, I just know that when we get into the word and we're really seeking him, he will show himself strong on our behalf. And the word, what the word does, it's like if there's ever any feelings of emptiness, you know, we don't have to go look for it in another person. The word fills us up. Um, if there's ever fear, I've never been fearful. No. <laughs> Timidity, then the word comes and, and he takes that out and puts power in there. You know, he gives us a sound mind. Um, if there's sickness, then healing is in the word, right? We speak the word. It's, it's in there. Um, if, we're, if we ever feel like we're weak, there's strength in the word. If we just get in the word, it says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. But unless we know this, <laughs> then they're just words, right? And so I just know that every need that we have, everything, it's, it's in the word of God. The, the answer is in the word of God. He'll show us what to speak. He'll show us what to do. He'll show us where to go. He'll show us where not to go. But it's just being obedient to really, really do what he's telling us to do. Um, and then the third thing that really was standing out to me that God was sh- um, saying would be Romans thirteen eleven. Oh, I don't think I wrote that down. I don't think that's the one. <laughs> I don't think that that's the one that um, I'm talking about here. Hmm. Okay, well, anyways. I don't have the scripture for this because I know, well, sorry. Oh, maybe this is it. It's bad because I use two Bibles, like, and this is not the Bible. But okay. But anyways, we have to. I bet Pastor Pam would know the scripture that says we have to put on Christ. Yes, yes. Make no provision for the flesh. Is that in Romans? Well, thank you so much. I was just making sure that you all... (laughs) I really knew that that's where it was. Wait a minute. Oh, okay, that would help if I was actually in Romans. That might be the problem. I was in 1 Corinthians. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, I... Yes. Yeah. Ooh, yes. All right. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, not in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. And this scripture 
I don't know, this just like really hit me because if I really think about it, like I make a lot of provision <laughs> for, no. So, and you know, really there, there are things, there are simple little things that, that maybe I don't think are a big deal, but God has said, do not do it or do not watch it. Do not, you know, and maybe it's not because I'm not supposed to be watching it. Maybe it's because something that's attached to it that I'm allowing into my home and my kids are picking up on it. You know, um, there's a lot of areas where like, I, I just really have to watch it, you know, because if I'm obedient to do what he tells me to do, then, then I'm okay. But if I don't, if I don't do that, then I'm opening the door for the devil. And it might seem simple. It might seem like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But it is if God tells you to not do it or to do it. And so I can't make any provision for my flesh. And one big thing, probably because we're talking about media in um, in the youth right now, and it seems like, you know, I always think, oh, media, that affects, you know, th- that affects the teenagers. But as I've really been looking into it, I, I don't know why God has really been talking to me about TV so much lately, but... Um, you know, because cause I, I, I don't want, like, I, I don't let Weston and Luke watch certain things on TV, but it's okay for me to watch it when they go to bed. You know, not even bad shows, but I'm like, okay, what, now what, what's, what, what, what is up with that? You know what I mean? If it's not good for their, for them, then it's not good for me. And, and so, um, just, and silly little things, like you, you had mentioned American Idol, you know, I love American Idol, but as I, as I see what they're doing to these, these, People, you know, these young people on American Idol, they're just going to, like, chew them up and spit them out, and they're going to use them to make money. And I'm like, okay, I don't really want my kids, like, because even Sam and Joe, they watch them. I don't really want them seeing this, you know what I mean? I don't want them, and and there's just little things like that, and I don't, not to bring condemnation on anybody, because you guys can do whatever God tells you to do, but this, these are just things that he's speaking to me, because if I allow garbage in, and I, you know, all these TV shows that have, like, little gay episodes and, um, like, they're all, you know, just, okay, you know, 16 and pregnant and all these things, you know what I mean? If I, if I think that, oh, well, I'm, I'm an adult, you know what I mean, and it doesn't affect me, well, I'm in, a, I'm in some, I might be in some trouble because garbage in is going to be garbage out. So no matter if I have the word in me, if I'm putting garbage in me, then it's going to become, you know, it's going to be coming out of me. And I can't, um, I was in the car with Sam and Joe and we, for 30 seconds, listened to, I, I was letting Weston hear smoking in the boys room. I don't, okay. An old song, you know, I was like, that's what was popular when I was in high school. 30 seconds, literally I had it on. Well, sure enough, the next day we're on the way to school and Sam and Joe are smoking in the boys' room. And I said, oh, no, no, don't sing that. Well, you had it on. And I said, oh, no, no, that's a, that's a bad song. We don't sing that. You know what I mean? But, okay, it only took like 30 seconds of their, of their thoughts. And then all of a sudden they were speaking that out. And so, you know, we see things on TV that, oh, we would never do that. But if those thoughts are placed in us and, and we think about them, then eventually what do we do? We act on our thoughts and we wonder where, you know, where did this come from? Well, somewhere along the line, we allowed it in and we thought about it and we processed it and then we acted upon it. And so we just have to be really cautious. And really, I don't even think cautious is the word. We have to be really obedient because God will show us, you know, he, he will definitely show us. And we have to be really obedient and very sensitive to the things that he's telling us. Um, because, 
it's just really important. And because if we, like, if I go back to the very beginning, if I want, like, the power of God and I want my life to be effective, then I have got to do the little things, the little things <laughs> that God is telling me to do. I have to actually, and this is why I admire Pastor Pam so much, because I know that she has laid down her life so that Jesus could be exalted. And so we actually have to lay down our lives, our thoughts, you know, our will. We have to lay it down so Jesus can be exalted. And each one of us, you know, God places people in our lives, and we have to really take the time to see them and be obedient because it might be that you just come up to someone and say, how are you doing today? You know, maybe that's all it is, but maybe, but maybe that's the touch and maybe that's the word that, like, sets them free that day. You know, we just have to be obedient to do what God is calling us to do because there's so much more. I think that, like, you know, we just are, everything just seems so programmed. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, this is just how it is. You know, we do this, we do this, we do this. But I think God wants us to, like, take the lid off the box and, like, and, and start something new and do something new and, and, and be the one that, you know, like, <laughs> that goes forth with power. Be the one that brings forth change. Not that we do it, but Jesus inside of us does it. Be that vessel that's used by him. And really just, um, you know, that's all I have. <laughs> I'm dead preaching. <laughs> I'll turn it over to the master. Hallelujah. And she a blessing. Hallelujah. You know, um, I, I appreciate those words she said about me, but I can tell you the reason that God lets his power go in a person. And that's when, uh, in my life, when he gave me Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and he said, uh, that we bow our knee before the Father in heaven who is the head of all the family. And uh, when my life was scrambled eggs and I didn't, I couldn't see what God wanted to do with my life because of my mistakes and things that I had done. And also, I didn't particularly like the way that I was having to do things to, to be a single mom, to take care of kids. There were a lot of dreams and visions that I had in my mind. And, uh, and when I look back now, they were really pretty preconceived ideas of my flesh. You know, they were the model of what I thought everything should be. And in that year that God healed me and he filled me with his love, it says that love is the fullness of God. When you are full of the love of God, you are full of God. And when you have the love of God in you, you don't have to, you don't have to uh, make yourself be with him. You want to be with him because he becomes your fulfillment. And when he becomes your fulfillment, then everything else flows out of that. You know, it's not like you, uh, it, it's like it motivates you every day to to want to do what he would do. I, I, you know, like Kelly said, seeing people through the eyes of Jesus, that was one of the things he taught me. And uh, so I, I really encourage you to know that uh, I, I'm grateful that God does get me where I'm supposed to be. Sometimes I miss it. But um, I, I learn more every day of uh, all of my value, all of my who I am is contained in Christ. And, and probably that's because I'm older, you know. But really, when I look at it, uh, I don't just have three children of my own now. I have three more of Bill's. I have 14 grandchildren. I still have my parents. I have my sisters. I have my sister's children. And, and we're a very close family. So actually, I have more, much more in my sphere of influence than I had when I had three children and was a single mom. 
And I need God a whole lot more for all of those situations and all those people. And then there's a whole church of people. And so it, it, I just encourage all of you today to uh, ask God to be everything to you. Everything to you. If he doesn't become everything to you, then everything you do will always be, uh, it, it'll always be able to be motivated by something itself. But when Jesus becomes the love of your life, when you're so full of love of God, then for one thing, you have total trust because somebody who loves you like that, it's an inward knowing and you don't even ever think about, I mean, I begin to not think about the things that I would like it to be this way. How many of you have had things you'd like to be this way or that? And, and those are the things that get in the way of what Kelly is saying right here. The ultimate thing is that you know him. Number four that she spoke when she was speaking, I thought, what of all of these uh, could I say that would be like the root thing that helped me be and do what I do today? It's that uh, I know him. I know him. And I know him because he is the love of my life. And uh, I loved him, you know, before I met Pastor Bill. And God said that Pastor Bill would love me like Christ would love me. And he does, except sometimes he's human. <laughs> and then I have to remember. But, but I encourage all of you, there will never be a lover of your soul like Jesus. And then no matter where you're at, no matter what you face, you, you, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. And these things that Kelly gave us today are wonderful tools. I believe God's speaking to us today. And, and, and begin to see yourself as the person who wears the robe, not the person who needs the touch. I heard Brother Copeland say that about the woman that, that came to Jesus and she was all bent over or, and she was sick. She was sick and she needed, to, she needed to touch his garment, touch his garment. And he said, I always saw myself as the one touching the garment, touching the garment. And then one day God said to me, how about you see yourself in the robe? That's what God wants to create in you. The person who wears the robe and everything Kelly said has to do with that. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for every woman here. I thank you that they've heard what Kelly has said today. And you may be here and you've made lots of mistakes or maybe you've just made a few. But you know right now that those mistakes flare up in your mind and they cause you to not see yourself being able to be all these things that Kelly talked about. I bind those thoughts in the name of Jesus. I bind them. I thank you, Father, that every woman in this room has the ability to be everything that we shared today, that Kelly spoke of today in this message. You wouldn't give us these words if you wouldn't help us become these things. And I thank you that we have our eyes open today, that we have seen and heard the word of God, and now we mix that with faith. We will not be like the children of Israel who saw and heard but never mixed faith. And mixing faith, girls, is about you believing God loves you. God loves you, and he wants the very best for you. And everything that you're doing right now, he is with you in it. You may be here saying, you know what? If you just knew what was going on, I'm telling you he's there. He is there. And if you will begin to connect to these five things that Kelly shared with us today, these are God speaking to us. I believe God sent Kelly. If you'll connect to that, then your thinking will take a change of direction. And when your thinking takes a change of direction, your words will take a change in direction. And after that, your actions will take a change in directions. If you're here today and you know in your life that you've gotten discouraged in your situation, I want you to lift your hand.
I want you to lift your hand. You're discouraged in the situation you're in. Kelly, I want you to pray for, I want you to pray for these people today because, see, that's, that's when this word can't take effect. When you get discouraged, when you, when you get in that place, God has shown me lately, discouragement is the beginning of hell in your life. It is the beginning of how anytime you are discouraged about something, you are saying, God doesn't know what he's doing. I'm in a mess. And the devil wants you to believe that. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. And I want Kelly to pray for you today. I want her to pray because God sent her to speak to us today. And I believe something's going to change in your life. Well, Father God, I just thank you for each one of these women, Lord. I thank you, Father, that, that you see each one of them, Lord. You see them right where they're at, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that there is nothing that you cannot do, Father God. There is no situation that you cannot turn around, Father. I thank you that you are God Almighty, Father, and that you are faithful. And I just thank you, Lord, right now for your word. It says, if we resist the devil, that he will flee, Father. So I just thank you right now, Lord, that they would just begin resisting the thoughts of the devil, Lord. They would begin resisting the lies of the devil, Father God. And I thank you that you would just begin to show them the truth, Father God. I just thank you, Lord, that that right now that your love just fills, fills them, Father God, to overflowing, Father God, that you would just touch them right now, Father God. I just thank you, Father, for peace right now, Lord, peace that transcends all understanding, Father. I thank you, Lord, that their focus is on you, Lord, not on the circumstance, Father God, but their focus is on you, Father. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you right now that every lie, Lord, every lie that the devil has told them, Lord, that they're believing, Father God, I thank you that it is bound right now. I thank you they recognize it, Father, and they cast it back to the pit of hell where it belongs, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that your word says, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed, Lord. And so I just thank you, Lord, for freedom right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. We thank you for Kelly. We thank you for, for her family, for Dan and all their children. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to bless them and prosper them. And I thank you, Lord, that, um, that Kelly's tender heart for Jesus uh, and, and, and what it does in, in compassion. I pray for you, Kelly, that you will never lose that. You never have to be embarrassed about the love of God that's trying to come through you. That's what that is when you begin to speak and you begin to weep. That's the way Jesus feels about every one of you in this room. And when you experience the fullness of Jesus, you will weep. You will weep, but it is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. Ladies, do not harden your heart to that ever, but let that river flow on the inside of you. We give you praise today, Jesus, and we thank you that you are mighty in our midst. You are mighty in each one of us, and you are the lover of our soul, and we love you, Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Aren't you glad you came today?